Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Welcome to More Than Just a Podcast. Podcast! This is episode 16, season 6, and I'm here in the studio with Sean. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, Jonathan. How are you? I'm good. I've been ill for a little time. You have been properly ill. Yeah, but but somebody said, come on. All the other podcasters stopped recording at the moment. You need to come out of retirement and actually do something. Did they? Yeah. Have all the other podcasts stopped recording? I yet? don't know. I was just saying I read on Twitter. But uh, yeah. I don't know if Stop Hammer Time is still going. But obviously, I think KUMB are having a break at the moment while we find uh, some new presenters. Oh. So are you well then now? Are you back up and running? I'm on, I'm on my way to being well. I've had a chest infection and a various problems. So if I cough during the podcast, I do apologise in advance. Um, George isn't with us. Uh, we tried another technical advance this evening to see if we can work out how we can record him from his far-flung end of Surrey. Yeah, but and we uh, failed. Yeah, we failed miserably. But I am so taking the, the studio mixer back to... Sean has vowed to do this, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. You've taken it away to get it working. In 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 deepest darkest Surrey. Anyway, we've got quite a lot to discuss because we haven't been around for a while. So let's start with... Well, we got back-to-back wins, John. We did. We beat the Palace, and I wasn't very well, so I missed it. Um, but I think you went with, with George. I did go, yes. So why don't you start off with off on a merry trail of a back-to-back win? On a merry trail. It was a... Um, it was a great second half. First half, it was nothing much happening. It was much of the same. Um, a lot of noise from the Palace fans. Bloody drum. Drove everyone nuts. Yeah, but I can't um, believe they gave special permission to Palace, the Palace Ultras, as they call themselves, <laughs> to have that drum. Yeah. We were told, more of this later, we were told by Karen Bailey, it will never happen again. Um, yeah, so they 
actually there there was some trouble when the stewards all tried looked like the stewards went in to try and take the drum. Yeah, I'm I've been told by the London Stadium that wasn't the fact. Uh they went in for another incident which oh, believed right. to be a a banner or a flag or something like that. But they well, didn't, there, there was a they few didn't go to take the drum. There was a few scuffles in their end. Uh, it was uh it was a successful game all round because we won the game and there was no trouble, Karen yeah. Brady, so well done. The only um, fighting was Palace Ultras, wasn't it? Yeah. Fighting with themselves. And they had school the next day as well. I know. Who would have thought? But, um, yeah, but, the game But tell me about the great. atmosphere because you said to me, right, I know you weren't looking forward going to the game. We've got another game, cold, wet. But you said to me, and I quote, Sean, that was the best atmosphere in the second half we've seen all season and you missed it. It's true. It was. But then, like you said to me, I'd, I wasn't there for the Chelsea game, the cup game. So was it? if it was similar to that, I don't know. But it was, uh, there was a lot of things came at the same time, didn't they? All this pirate stuff. And there was a lot of sort of galvanised the club to some extent. Did you see the guy, the, the lone soldier guard in the pirate sign? I didn't know. No, we didn't. How about was there was there people targeting the large Pyatt shirt in in the concourse? Not that I saw, but I you know I got it down to a head down in into the ground well, and out again. Talking about your match day experience, where did you go before the game? Straight. I think we went straight there. Oh really? How come? I can't remember. Oh no, we didn't. We went to the Black Lion. Oh yeah. Yes, we went to the Black Lion. You, ha- you had one for Bobby. That's right. Yeah, George yeah. had uh, spent an evening with. Tina Moore and said he'd raise a glass for Bobby in the Black Lion, so we went there. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was obviously the first half was let's forget about the first half; it was pretty crap. But the second half, it just took off after a little while. Before we go on to that, can I just ask you a bit about the Black Lion? How long does it take to get to the ground from the Black Lion? Uh, no more than what well, we actually. We tried to get see if we could get an Uber, yeah, from the Black Line to the back end, like down Pudding Mill Lane, and we couldn't get past. They wouldn't let us through. They got the road had the roadblock off off the main road, so they yeah we had to walk down past Pudding Mill Lane in the end. I was told it takes ten minutes on a bus. Yeah, it's tell me. well, it's ten minutes on a bus to into Stratford. Right, but then you still got to walk from Stratford. But if we thought if we got walk an Uber, of shame for twenty five minutes after we, that. Yeah, we thought if we get an Uber from the Black Line. To the back end at Pulling Mill Lane, we were right near where we need to yeah, go in. Fair enough. But anyway, so yeah. So, so yeah. second half, um, obviously we had the Piat. We're going to talk about Piat in a minute. We, we've got the clip, but that, that's just concentrate on the game. I mean, everybody said you know it galvanised the fans, it galvanised the team, pushed them on to the second half, and probably the most convincing win at the London Stadium. It is the most convincing win. It was. Um, so the first half was first half was much of the, the same. It was all pretty tedious, huffing and puffing. Second half, well, oh dear. After we got the goal, which was uh, for Gooley, yeah. Which you know he he seems to sort of slowly but surely playing himself into the team, doesn't he? Wants to stay and fight for his position. Yeah, and, even yeah. though his interests abroad apparently doesn't want it. Likes the team, likes West Ham, wants to stay and fight. We like people like that. Yeah. Well, well, he deserves his chance, I think. I know he missed the sitter against City, but, you know, he hasn't had a lot of luck with injury. So let's see what he's got. 
So Fanguli for the first. Fanguli for the first. And then there was a pretty decent goal from Andy Carroll. A pretty decent goal. <laughs> goal of the season. It was unbelievable. A pretty decent. He got whiplash from it, mate. It was unbelievable. And what a goal. Did it look... Did, uh, did you see the enormity of it? Yeah, it was we in did. Flash there. We did, to be honest. Was it your end? No, it wasn't. But you could... You just... Just... Um, it was an unbelievable finish, and you could see it was unbelievable finish as well. So, you know, um, yeah. What else can you say? It was probably one of the best goals I've ever seen. And the third goal, third goal was superb as well. Lanzini's finish. It yeah. was funny because George, George had sort of gone on about the chips that Pyatt had done against City, um, against Palace, and said that we won't see that again. But there he goes, Lanzini. Yeah. What a great finish. But what I didn't, I didn't see him jumping into the crowd, which I saw that later on, which is was a great thing to see as well. Did you see the thing George found, which was the the ball boy being lifted up by? Mark no, Noble. I didn't see that. But George. well, I did a little clip, and um, it's been picked up everywhere. It was clip. picked up by Mark Noble, so it was retweeted by West Ham News, and Mark Noble retweeted it and said, "I thought I'd get the ball boy in the action." It got on to Soccer AM and everything. Oh, did it? Yeah. Cool. So yeah, so good game, and everybody was happy, and you forgot all your woes of the London Stadium. Yes, absolutely. Did you go out with a smile on your face? Yeah, we had a, an event that evening which you had to attend yeah. to. So we uh, we basically tried to get out of there as soon as I opened up and get away. And how quickly could you get out? Uh, it took about it was about fifteen minutes before we got out, and then there was a, what we had to wait one queue at. Pudding Mill, where they had the gates shut. We had to wait one lot of trains to go before we got on. So, best connected. Best connected. Yeah. My ass. Anyway. So, let's just do a quick static attack. Um, West Ham only had 44% of the possession, which meant, obviously, Palace had 56%. West Ham shots on target, 14. Sorry, 14 shots. Three of them on target, which is not bad because we scored three goals. So all the ones on target went in. And um, the Eagles, 10 shots, one on target. There you go. So that tells you. And also, the bittersweet, it wasn't that we just put two fingers up at Pyatt. It was also, it was a return of Sam Aladici. Yeah, it didn't. I don't think that really sort of registered greatly at the game. Was what was what was the re response to him? Were there boos? No, there not that. Did he wave? Really did he blow kisses? No, I didn't really notice. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't get into the ground until Bubbles was playing anyway. But oh, yeah, you're a little bit of a late one. Did you get checked? I'm told they're going to do hard ticket checks on one one three and around there. Yeah, I've been checked every time for the last two games. Yeah, and uh, all bowling stewards now at one one three says Cam Brady. So that's good. Hmm. Anyway, let's get on to see what, what uh, sure, sure. Let's hear what the gather had to say. Slavin, you told us before the game you had every confidence in the players that you had able to select today. Did they repay that confidence to you this afternoon? Well, of course they did. You know, it was a very difficult game for us. Uh, very difficult week for us as well. But uh, the team showed everything that we asked them for. Determination, team spirit, 
character. Okay, the first half was kind of a nervous, which was expected. The crowd was brilliant from number one, from, from the kickoff all the way through. Uh, second half, we we done some changes, at the, one change at the half time. And the second half, we were, I would say, magnificent. We gave everything, scored three really good goals, very compact, very solid. Uh, what what the team should be. So we showed today everything, and uh, I can only congratulate the boys who done amazing. And uh, I would like to thank the fans who were, as I said, uh, magnificent from the first uh, whistle. How nice is it to have won a game by greater than a single goal margin at home at last? Yeah, you know, you you like to be relaxed when. You don't like to watch how many minutes you have to play again in the, at the time. So uh, after we scored the third one, it was like basically game over, you know. Although you never know in football, but it's uh, it's uh, it was a perfect day for us, you know. A clean sheet also very important one. Three goals scored at home, uh, as well scored by all offensive players. That is very important for them. They all either scored or assist. Uh, and it was, as I said, combined with a clean sheet. Everybody's happy individually. They all know we played really good. They all should or will gain the confidence from this as well. And it's a, it's a great day for us. Andy Carroll came in here and says he tries a lot of those strikes or attempts in training. Have you seen him do that much in training? Do they miss more than they go in? He's got it, you know, but he's, he was mostly, he was unlucky in a training with this. He, he was hitting the post or whatever. But to be fair, uh, because of his history with injuries, when he does it in training, I go a little bit crazy, you know, because you don't want him to, 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 to fall down and to feel something after that. But uh, for a man of that size, uh, you know that I'm a big fan of him anyway. He gives you everything. He's a great character. He's a leader and everything. And uh, that goal was also the end of a really good action from us, a good move. And to score in that manner, he he definitely he's the one that deserved it. Simon, you've been very honest this week. Your team have proved today that you're re not reliant totally on one individual. But going forward with your experience as both a manager now and a, and a player, how do you hope to resolve this situation? Can it be resolved? Look, I said very openly what I said. Uh, it was needed to be said. And uh, to be fair now, I, I don't want to talk about it. I would like to talk. I can talk for ages here, but, but about the guys who played and gave everything tonight, we have to respect that. They deserved it. What do you think of that, John? Yeah, it was great, mate. Absolutely great, I agree. Well, you always say that, don't you? I do, yeah. So... You haven't got a clue what he said. Um, no, no. But he said the normal stuff. You well, know, to I be said honest what with I had you. to say, and I want to give it to the boys because, you know, they. Um, I probably did say it because I would imagine, like quite a few of us, I watched it on uh, Match of the Day. I watched it on Girls on Sunday. I watched it yeah. on Match Choice. Yeah, yeah. I watched it every which way it was available to watch. Every which way, but lose. So yeah, I'm sure. I I'll tell you what. I tell you why I like beating Palace. I have got a number of Palace people in my office, so I won free bets. All right, so they're only a pound, but it's a principle, it's a bragging rights, you know. They always have bets with me. Oh, Palace, will you give me the draw? 
and one of them is the CEO of one of my companies. So I love beating the Palace boys on bets when, when they lose. Good. You know, Ben Teke, who are you? Ben 32 Teke. million, and they're looking relegation in the face. Sam's teams do, do not go down, but maybe this season they do. Ooh. Anyway, let's move on to Borough. Borough. Uh, did you go up to Borough? Uh, no. What were you doing? I built a unit in my yeah. house. Yeah. yeah. But I watched the, I watched the game, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, me too. Me too. I watched the game as well. And do you know what? Unlike the Palace game, I thought we gave a good go at it from the start. You know, we didn't have to wait to the second half. We went at it straight away, didn't we? We did. And, and it was really unlucky that... Um, uh, you know, I'm just Antonio um, didn't do better in the first few minutes, and we weren't one nil up in like two minutes gone. Yeah, he did. He 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 did have a good opportunity quite early, but then it was a great bullet header from Andy Carroll. Put us one nil up. One nil up. Yes, trademark uh, goal from Andy Carroll. What he does best: running in in the six-yard box, put it in there. From I, I said Mark Noble corner, it was I got it wrong. It was Lanzini. Um, great little corner. I mean, that was the other thing that surprised me. Good corners. I mean, it's one to go on, but great placement by Lanzini. He's picked up his game, and he Lanzini. Yeah. The jewel, little jewel. I tell you what, we didn't mention. Just going back to Palace quickly. Yeah, go on. Was um. Mikel Antonio's performance. Free assists. Given yeah. the fact that apparently he would been he'd been ill, he'd had the flu. Yeah. And he, he he's just he's just getting better and better the lad. Well if you're gonna big up Mikel Antonio, I'm gonna big up Andy Carroll. Not only did he have whiplash, he didn't train for most of the week, he only trained one day, but comes on after nine minutes and scores a header. There you go. And then goes off with a groin strain. He did. He needs I was on Talk Sport two after the game. And uh, I said, they said, you've got to wrap him in cotton wool. And I said, yeah, because when he's he's there, I mean, three goals in two games, he's there. You know, he can't be played. He's he's a goal machine. Oh, but you've got to put up with this. You know, he's such an awkward, tall guy. He's just seen, you just wince every time he goes down. And the, the one thing I notice is he stopped sliding across the floor on the latest goal in case he gets injured. I think he's been told, don't slide across the floor. You already injure yourself. But he just uh, said it before loads of times. It takes five or six games to get fully fully up and running and fit. And then when he's fully fit on on the game, he's unplayable, which he's getting there now. We just hope he doesn't get... Because usually he'll have four or five games like this and then he'll be out for another six months. So. Yeah, well, let's hope he let's plays. Hope he's got case. 10 days to recover and yeah. then we've got City. Let me talk about one player that disappointed me, um, and that is Cresswell. He didn't have a good game. He no. didn't have a good game. I mean, you know, okay, he made a mistake. He didn't know. Hit the bar, nearly own goal. He could have got away with that if that was his one only mistake. But he just looked out of out of pace, out of as you say, it was just an off game for him. And I hope well, he's been he's not been great this season, but no. he's he's been injured and whatever. So. Well, I hope it's not an Ogbonna kind of situation. Well, that was a bit of news as well, the Ogbonna yeah. situation. I did know it before the game. I'm sure you did, Sean. But I was I was asked 
Scott, amateur, absolute amateur. Sorry, I've left my phone on and, and DJ Leon was trying to call me. Um, no, we, I, 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 I didn't know like X two weeks before, but we got told the day before the match that O'Bonner needed an operation. Didn't know like X, what XWHU. Oh, he says he knew two weeks before. Oh, you, you, all you lot. Do my editing with you. I knew before you did, anyway, and I well, knew I didn't, before I they haven't did. Said it. I haven't said it to anyone except for you. I didn't even mention it at the time. We did get told a Bonner needed an operation. That's why Fonte, but they, the club didn't want it known, and it seemed a a, a fair enough um, before the match. We were hoping, if I'm honest with you, to then do an exclusive just after the match. But Slab beat us to it. But there you go. There you go. But, you know, he's been injured all season. He's a knee operation. Been had what pain, a lad, then. What a lad. He's had painkiller injections into his knee to play every game this season, is what I've been told. Well, We're here, the lads. What a, what a lad. Anyway, we're, we're coming to the transfers and what we think of Fonte in a little bit. But let's talk about um, goal number two. Goal number two? Yes. Yeah. was a little... Basically, a follow-up by uh, Andy, Andy Carroll from uh, Antonio. Antonio shop. Antonio shop hits the bar, and again trademark um, uh, forward. He's always around the box, easy tap in. Number two brace for Andy Carroll. I mean, it wasn't plain sailing, was it? They were, no, I they mean were they, they came back at us when they got. Um, they were all over us really and, and at we times. Sort of we defended well though. We, we were um, well organised. Well, when they got the goal back, I mean. Wasn't good marking, you know. He was completely unmarked and slotted it in. I forget who, who the guy scored. What's his name? Uh, is it Laurenti? He could have been. I can't remember. No, that's no, not Laurenti. He plays for Swansea. No, it probably wasn't him. No, it wasn't. Starts with an S. I can't remember S. his name. Oh, he was there. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Let's call him Santos. No, let's not. Let's no. just say we can't remember. We can't remember. So um, after that, it seems a little bit wrapped up. And then Jonathan Caleri scores in the 94th minute. There you go. With nice. a little help from a massive deflection. And a massive deflection. And he, he had a great opportunity not long before that as well, didn't he? Ball dropped yeah, down to I mean, put through to him. By I don't. I think, think it was Lanzini put it through. The jury's still out on the guy, isn't he? Well, he's going, isn't he, Sean? Well, only if we can find someone who wants him. He went back to South America. If I'm honest with you, he hasn't found a club. And if he hasn't found a club, we've got him on season, on a loan season. So if he can't find a club, then he's going to stay with us. Well, we'll see, eh? Why don't you put your phone on silent, Sean? I will do, because uh, that way you. I can think the problem is this. Um, this documentary's just gone out, and then people are trying to ask me for stuff. Anyway, let's do a stat attack. Um, West Ham. This is the ultimate counter. Had just 38% of possession. Barra enjoyed 62%. West Ham shots, 13 shots, 5 on target. Barra, 11 shots, 2 on target. So, West Ham dominated. Um, are they going down, Barra? Uh, possibly. I mean, they're, they're down there with some of the worst, but then don't look like they're the worst, to be honest. I look better than Palace. Anyway... Back-to-back wins. We've now gone up to 10th. We're in the top half of the table first time since August. We've got 28 points. Everything's looking rosy and bright, and 
the board are our saviors, and Slevin Bilic is the best manager in the world, and our team are world class. I mean, what could possibly go wrong from here, John? Probably much everything, Sean, given our club. You're, are you confident that we are safe from relegation now? Are we safe from relegation? Well, not, obviously, we're not mathematically safe, but when you no, look I at the rest of the table, I think we you will go, survive, what are the chance that we will go down? They've got to be pretty slim. I think we will the, survive. Which the shite that is in our dis division this year. I think we will survive, yes. Hmm. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about, so let's just say, sure, sure. Let's hear what the gaffer has to say for a second time. Slavon, what were the key reasons behind that win for West Ham today? Uh, it was a very good, very strong team performance. And we also had a few individuals who were on top of their game. And uh, Boro was good. We knew they are a solid team uh, and all that. But uh, they created the most of their... They caused us problems in the first half uh, on counter-attacks because they are quick and they have a good transition. But we were really good. We were, the whole game, we were dominant and we were the ones that uh, on the ball look every time really dangerous. We should have, could have, should have scored more goals even. We had in the beginning of the second half two massive opportunities with Antonio Heder and especially the one with Lanzini's uh, one against one. Uh, we didn't. And then, of course, they were throwing the bodies up, they put another two strikers, and uh, they are a good team. They are good in midfield, and uh, they have Traore, who can, who is, is unbelievable quick, and he can beat uh, one, two, three, four, five players, and all that. So it was always like mm, possible for them to score, of course, but we didn't give them many chances apart from one mistake, I think, from our player Cresswell, and then because he didn't see the player behind uh, when they hit the bar. I think, but uh, we were uh, we were really good today. We used that game against Palace to build our confidence, to keep the momentum, and uh, the guys uh, put a shift on today, and uh, they deserve uh, massive credit for for uh, performance and three points, of course. Two goals for Andy Carroll. How pleased are you with the way he's playing right now? I am very pleased. You know, I'm a big fan of him for a reason because he gives you everything. Goals are only cherry on pie for him because he doesn't need to score goals to make an impact. But the goals are important, of course, and uh, he scored a couple. Uh, he kept the ball uh, great linking up with uh, Antonio. They are, it's hard to play against them, but they also, when you play 4-4-2, then, then you're a little bit uh, vulnerable, you know, but two of them done really uh, very good job defensively also. So. Both of them, whole team, but if you ask me about him, yeah, definitely, he's, he, he was brilliant. How careful do you have to be nursing him, though? We saw him go off today with a, a slight injury again. How careful do you have to be? Well, he felt a little bit of the... He felt uh, groin a little bit. We didn't want to risk because we don't want to lose him. Uh, also, the guys, I have to praise the guys who came from the bench. They were, were excellent today as well. Uh, so you have to be like... Uh, Mm, say with Andy or with Reedy. For me, Winston Reedy's last couple of months, maybe the definitely, if not the best, one of the best centre backs in the league. I told him why, because he's training. He's training all the time. Okay, sometimes you miss, you stay in a gym, but he's training. So the best, the best way for for a player to stay out of the injuries and to get that risk of injuries lower is by training. They have to train. So it's same with Andy. He's regular in trainings and everything. 
uh, and uh, that is the way uh, for him. Uh, that is the way of nurturing him, not not resting all the time, not put him in a freezer until the <laughs> until the next game, but to train. Good news. Good news with the win today and good news yesterday with the signing of yeah. Jose Font. Just tell us about that transfer and why it came about. Uh, first, uh, I have to praise uh, Angelo Obuna. He, he, he play, he's playing uh, or he played basically f since the start of the season with, uh, with injury. He's got a knee problem and he needs an operation. And he's, uh, this is his last game, so he's, he's going to do the operation. On 31st, uh, 31st of January, I think, and that's going to rule him out for the next of the season. That is for the rest of the season, that's not the only reason why we signed Fonta. I mean, uh, we we were looking for a top centre back. Anyway, uh, he wasn't available. He wasn't our target because nobody could imagine that he's going to leave Southampton. Skipper, long term there, almost English, you know, because he's he's uh, 10 years here or whatever. Uh, and, but when he, when he became available, uh, we tried and we jumped on it. We jumped on it straight away because he's like a, a great signing for us. And we are very delighted that, that he joined. He wanted to join, which is also very important. You know, he wanted to come to us. So it was, how you call it, no-brainer. No-brainer. And you know the final question. Is there any resolution in sight with Dimitri Payet? I, I know, you know... Uh, Still, it's nothing. Still, there are two two outcomes that are possible. One of one is for him to stay, and the other one is uh, that he goes to Marseille. I didn't say anything new, but uh, it's gonna happen. The good point, the good thing is that it's only what one week or ten days now, so it's gonna happen now, uh, very quick. Basically, uh, the players are moving and all that, but. Uh, He's a great player. He's, he has his price, you know. And if Marseille or any other club want to get him, then they have matched the price that, that we value him for. And we are not asking for something like ridiculous and crazy. We are asking something that that he's he's worth. What do you think of that, John? Well, I think that leads you straight into your next bit. Well, funny you should say that because I've got a little clip now. You know, we've, we've done this once before on more than just a podcast. But when I heard Slavin Bilic talk about, we've got a problem, it's Payet, I thought immediately of Simon Bates' house song from Radio 1, the sad song. Do you remember we once run it on you when you were talking about the move into the Olympic Stadium? Right. So this is what I would do. I want to play Slavin Bilic's and Payet's hour song on Radio 1. I got something for you, yeah. Tell you, uh, had a situation with a player. It is Dimitri Payet. Uh, he wants to leave. The club has, as I said so many times before, we don't want to sell him. He said hundreds of times that we don't want to sell our best players. We want to keep them. He is. Definitely one of them or our best player. That's why we gave him such a long contract. Uh, I informed him with that. And he refused to play for us. So I have a team to manage. And 
he's probably been tapped up by some clubs or whatever, which is usual in this in this part of the year or whatever in the transfer window. So anyway, uh, until he changed his attitude, uh, he's out of the team. He's going to train with us, and I expect from him uh, because we we ain't going to sell him. No whatsoever. So the money issue. I think we want to keep our best players, and I expect from him to to come back and to show commitment and determination to the team, like the team had shown to him. I spoke to the club. I spoke to the chairman. I spoke to vice chairman, and. Uh, it's not a money issue. No, we want to keep. That is the reason we gave him such a long contract. And that is the reason why he signed another contract in uh, January, four or five months after he joined us. Because we that was really sad, wasn't it? When, when you first... That was absolutely awful. When you first... Oh, why on earth? When you first... What is all that about? I put that up on YouTube and it's got over 5,000. Yeah, but it's years. like such old news and such an old I thing. know, but we haven't been on there, but we haven't spoken about Payet. When, I mean, he caught us all off guard when he said that. And he looked genuinely upset. He looked genuinely emotional. And um, I think he, they couldn't have handled this better if... if you know, if I was sceptical, I'd say they almost stage-managed it. How to get West Ham fans on their side and get rid of Dimitri Payet? It's the only way they could have genuinely got yeah. rid of him without... Well, I mean... I mean, look, the, the, we, you're right. It's old news, so we won't go too much into it. We were told... There were, I'm not, I'm not going to repeat the rumours, but let's just say um, Payet's had problems in his marriage... And he wants to save his marriage, but he also wants his children to grow up in France. These are the alleged rumours. I'm not going to repeat them. And therefore, that's why he wants to return to France. Uh, the club say, by the way, uh, it's not true that... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
uh, him, his wife and his children moved away from Laut and moved back to France, although they haven't been seen in many weeks. Uh, they also, the club also say it's not true that he, the players um, deleted him from their WhatsApp group. The club have said, that's not true. 100% not true. They've talked to the players. But I, I'm remaining open-minded on this subject because I would agree the club are playing a clever game and they don't want sympathy to go with Dimitri Payet. It's simple as this, John. The chairman, originally, yeah, we're not going to play him. We're not, he's not for sale, blah, blah, blah. He can play for the kids forever. It's simple as this. They wanted 35 million for him, right? They might talk about 40 million. They wanted 35 million with him, but they were prepared to drop down to 30. Um, Marseille started with 10 million up front with 9 million of add-ons, so 19 million. They moved up to 22 million. And recently they've moved to 26 million, 30 million euros. Still not enough. But, I'll say but, they might meet him halfway. So they might, I mean, they might be prepared to do a deal for 28 million if it was all up front, just to get him off, you know, and the whole thing done. Um, but when we met um, Cameron Brady, which we'll talk about in a minute, she actually said she still hoped... You know, if he didn't go in the in the winter, that we could still turn this around, and he could still play for West Ham. And people shook their head and think, "There's there's no way back from no, the eyes no of West way Ham." Back. Is He's there? done. Yeah. He's done, isn't he? But, but the, the see the facts are as I see them, looking from afar and yeah, not yeah. being included in these things that you get there. I I have to believe what our manager says. Yeah. Because if you can't believe, if you think if the manager's lying, then you know we can't believe anything, can you? I would imagine that he's. This has been going on for a while, and he's been trying to manage the situation. Well, that's true. So I mean, apparently he's been given special. Yeah. It, it's caused discord in the camp because okay, they've well, given. He's turned up late. He's had special. Um, treatment apparently of he's done things on going just to France things on Instagrams and whatever yeah. accounts like little winky faces about see you in next in the next window or whatever and things and he say but I I would imagine that he's obviously got got to basically to come to the end of the game and thought well, right, 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 this isn't going to improve I've got to do one thing or the other yeah so he's come out and, and said what he said. Now, a lot of people have compared this to, to the Billich situation and people have sort yeah. of said that he's, he's got some front and all this. I, I mean, if this is true, which I can only assume it's true because he's our manager and I believe what he says. If he says to me that Pyatt has refused to play, yeah. that is the difference. Yeah. And if Pyatt, as they've said... If Pyatt already had a deal in place with Marseille, yeah. terms and everything agreed, that... Is again wrong. Yeah. Now, what, what Billich did wasn't the best thing in the world. Billich stayed to the end of the season. Well, Billich went, said, I've got an obligation at the time to play for another six yeah. months. I mean, I sure didn't like what he did then, and I, I, I wasn't impressed with what he did. But the money that we got, by the way, from Billich um, paid for John Hartson. And I know from a, for a fact that um, Billich, when we sold him to Everton, was actually injured. He was injured, and he never really did anything at um, he didn't. At Everton. But you know, I, I don't I don't pretend that British is all all goodness and light, and that he was the best thing ever. Because I remember being pissed off at the time of the way he behaved. 
but to refuse to play that's the difference and if that <laughs> is what's happened that's where it, cause it goes wrong for me and if he has got personal problems if the talks of what he's done and what his family have found and what all this stuff if this is true then you go to the board you go to the management and you say look I need to be living in France as soon as yeah. possible. This is where I need to be. Then they can say, look, we can't do it in January. We'll do it in the summer. We're going to have to make a plan of action that, you know, everyone's aware that you've got personal issues. Then people will understand that you want to go only to Marseille. We'll agree a deal. Off you go. Yeah. Let's do it. But you don't just turn around and say, I'm going. It's all yeah. organised. It, it was bad planned. And, um, you know, we here, there's no interest from PSG, no interest in Nice. So, <coughs> you know, you can't have a player pick. Well, it's only this club. This is the transfer fee. This is the timing. You can't have everything. That's not no, the way it works. You can't. But anyways, George was here. He'd say, this is not a fat frog podcast, as they're calling him now. Um, one person made a suggestion. We should sell him by the kilo. Slightly unfair, yeah. but I, I thought it was funny. Shall we talk about the transfer window? Go on, then. So, um, obviously, we missed out on Defoe. Never going to happen. We offered $7 million. Why would they sell? Why would he move? Why would he put in a transfer request? It was a bit of window dressing, if I'm, I'm honest with you, John. Uh, th to be honest with you, uh, the way our board behave in this window is just quite frankly embarrassing, Sean. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, the likes of you and X and all these people are as much to blame as they are. Because you lot scowl, you push and you squeeze this information out of a man who frankly can't keep his mouth shut, can he? Yeah. And and you basically well, well, put all this stuff in the public domain. Yeah, yeah. And we're yeah. the only football club in the whole country that everyone knows who we're buying. And every, it all, everyone takes the piss. Yeah. And who's it down to? It's down to a Malfi chairman yeah. and the likes of you and it, all the other people who squeeze all the time. Well, I think it is funny that Slavin Village said in a in a in a interview. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to res you might um, reveal my sources, but he said, "I just don't know how this, this information comes out." So, I, I've got no idea. Well, all that, that other, the other lot, all the West Ham way lot and all that, they're all connected with Jack Sullivan and that lot, are aren't they? they? Are they? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's move on. So, obviously, we were talking about Obonna. We didn't know he was playing. Fonte, 33-year-old, £8 million with add-ons. Good deal. No resale value there, John. I I think he's, he's a, a solid, decent defender. Good captain. Um, he, Euro I was, winner. I was surprised at it. It didn't sort of make much sense to me because you know we're we're not we're not doing brilliantly and we're not the best defensively, but you know we're getting it together now and we've got some good young defenders coming through and it just didn't seem to make any sense until I got that news about Ogbonna and the injury and out for the season and, and then it made it, sense. It's kind of then makes sense that. I'm surprised they're willing to spend eight million pound and yeah, be I done agree. with it. But there you go. But I think he go. might make all the difference. He could well do. He could well do. Bashoe was never going to happen. By the way, it was one of those window dressing ones as well. Um, Hogan. No, nothing about him. A lot of talk. Got talk. 
Oh, yeah, I, I, I really don't know anything about him, Sean. So I, I say, I, you know, the media or the way it's coming across in the press, because every time we do anything, obviously, it nine million it pounds plus add-ons take it to thirteen and a half. Looks like Brentford are pretty Chairman pissed off. Chairman Tony of us. Henry is very interested. We're going through agents. Billage is not so sure and doesn't know if he wants to spend his money. By the way, Billage believes that if Andy Carroll can stay fit, and of course Sacco is coming back, that we don't necessarily have a striker problem for the second half of the season. Well, that's uh, fair enough if them two are fit. But will they stay fit? Who knows? But I say, I don't know nothing about the boys, so... We, <coughs> we have signed... Oh, let's move on to Snodgrass. Snodgrass been turned down twice. Oh, they went in with something like three million, didn't they? Well, I think they've gone up to five now. It's just like, please give us a break. You're talking thirty million pounds for a twenty goal a season striker in the summer, and now it's three million pounds for Snodgrass. What's happened? Would you want Snodgrass? Forget he, the money at the moment. He's he's a decent player, but you know, what what's he worth then? Five million? I don't know. I don't Six know. Million, his, his, con million? his contract's short in it and stuff like that. No, we just renewed it on a, a year option. But you're right. So I, I don't know, Sean. But we have signed Nathan Holland, an under nineteen from Everton. Were you impressed with that? Well, I had this on Twitter today with people when David Gold come out of this. Someone said, "I'm not being inspired about us announcement of these young players because they never get a game." And David Gold come out on Twitter and said something about Sam Allardyce played a youth team against Man City and they got annihilated. Man City have got the best youth set up in the country and they haven't got any players in their squad. That's true. And I sort of bit back and said, look, it's not what they're saying. I had a bit of a... I suppose Twitter. Martinez has gone to Oxford today. I, I think we've seen this before where we say, look, Freddie... What was his name? Freddie Sears. Freddie Sears is the real deal. Lee, what was his name, the other one? Elliot Lee is Elliot a real Lee. deal. Give him his chance. Where are these players now? That's uh, true. It's true. But yeah, you have to trust in the manager. Who, you've got to trust in the manager. Yeah, you've got to trust in the manager. So let's talk some about... Things, sorry, some of the things that David Gold says on Twitter, just... Well, let's move us along. We still need a right back, and it's, it, it, it's a bit worrying that, I mean, Sam Byron has done a good job, without a doubt, but we need another right back. Jenkinson, Debucci, Trippier, uh, Johnson, Flanagan. Who, who's your choice? Uh, are these. Well, Jenkinson's going to Palace, isn't he? Um, Jenkinson was going to Palace, um, but um, that looks off now. I mean, it's it, who knows what what will happen with Jenkinson. I don't see the Jenkinson coming back to West Ham. Really. I don't, yeah, I mean, he he had a good season and a terrible season. Didn't yeah, he? Well, that's it. Bushy, isn't he, isn't he injured or is he? I think he is at the moment. When he's so what right back would you go right for? Back. And there's that Wolves guy. What, what's, how do you pronounce his name? Afora? I don't know nothing about him. But you would agree I wouldn't want Johnson. Right I wouldn't want Johnson. You don't want Glenn Johnson? Flanagan. Well, he, he's the, the young kid from Liverpool, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. But he's, he's on loan at Burnley, I think. Yeah. I mean, he looks all right. But Trippier? From well, we wouldn't from get Trippier. We wouldn't deal with Spurs. Well, we? I guess that's the problem. So, uh, you know, you say everything's out in the open. Um, so if we don't really know who the right-back target is, does that mean we haven't got a right-back target? I don't know, Sean. You tell me. Well, I don't know one. Oh. So there's your answer. There you go. 
Anyway, we've got a few days let's left. The, let's ask the child, you, the son you, of a child. Are you di- no, he, he's very well behaved now since he does work experience. All right. um, which probably moves us a nice link to move on. We've got a few days of the transfer window left and we'll see what business has been done. Which brings us on to the Brady blogger meeting. I, I attended, represent more than just a podcast and uh, Clarence and Hugh. Um, Jack Sullivan was there, along with people like West Ham TV, ex-West Ham employee... Um, it was a who's who of everybody, West Ham Till I Die, Graham Howlett from KUMB, among others. What about the, um, the new West Ham Independent Supporters Association? They weren't invited because it was a bloggers meeting and they're going to the SAB, which is tomorrow, by the way. Why would you have a, blog- I am a, member of Why the would you have well? a bloggers meeting before you, you sat down with the supporters advisory group? Because they're two different groups. But why would you do this, the media side of things first and not the fan side well, I don't know you, you you would have to ask the club that I would suggest that it was in the club's interest to get everyone who deals with all this type of media on side I think you and might help be right, John. change the mindset of the you fan might be right, John. and get everyone make them all feel great and important and bring you them along you should be in charge of media you're too clever but you're right look I know that Wissa they were. They should never have been invited to a blogger and. Well, they were invited. Then uninvited. Well, they were invited by mistake by a junior member of staff who invited them by accident, and then he couldn't uninvite them, and they got themselves in trouble. But come on, they need to move on. They're going to the sab tomorrow. I'm not going to the sab tomorrow. You don't um, need to. You're part of the elite. Well, I'm also a, team. I'm also a member of the supporters advisory board. Well, it's just, it's just, it's just awful stuff. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. While we've been on air tonight, the London Mayor has... Um, there's been a, a programme of BBC One Inside Out that's saying this is a white elephant, the London Stadium, how much money's been spent on it. This is not on. The Mayor has got a new investigation, wants to look at what um, Boris Johnson did, what Ken, jo- uh, Ken Livingstone did, what Tessa Jow did in the beginning, what Lord Coe's involvement in. This is the story. That, it just goes on well and on. But that's just going to cost a load on. of money to do that investigation. Well, th- today, so Andrew Boff, one of the politicians, said, you know, this might end up costing us a million pounds. As I said to you earlier. Billion. Uh, a billion pounds, rather. So it, it's come out that it costs up to eight million pounds to, to move the seats just for athletics for a week. That's, right? oh, that's an incredible Considering figure. we pay two and a half million, it's in the public domain. Get this. How can it cost eight million pounds well, to drop some scaffolding? I don't know. The scaffolding and the cable ties and the breeze block are bloody expensive. They've, they've got them now. They've just got to take them down. You should give back them a quote, John. I reckon you could do it cheaper. I would do, but I'm waiting for a skip, mate. It's out for tender. Anyway, they they budgeted for three hundred and fifty stewards. They've now got over a thousand. They budgeted for no police whatsoever in the stadium. They're now costing up to forty thousand pound a game. That's had another million pound a year onto their costs. Yeah, but the, the, so this the is London Stadium aren't playing for the police, are they? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Are they? Yeah. People inside the ground, police inside the ground are now being paid for by the London Stadium. Oh. I've done a freedom of information request that will tell us how much. But for the first game, it was £40,000. But that's their problem. We did our deal, right? We can't be blamed for that, can we? Well, we're not going to... Well, what cracks me up with all this stuff, they, they tell you about West Ham, West Ham, West Ham. It wasn't West Ham. It wasn't West Ham. Politicians. 
Most politicians. Anyway, we, we've probably given that enough because we, we want to get on. We want to talk about financials. Financials. I did a story this morning saying. So that is that why it was all on Twitter then? People talking about it because you did a story on. Yeah, I did no, a story about the financials. The story. Yeah. I, well, actually, um, uh, what's his name? James James Longman, who uh, uh, used to be on the K and B podcast, um, tweeted me last night and asked me a question about financials. He was asking about how much each league piece was worth. And after I answered that, I answered a few more financial questions and that started it off. And then I did another um, story this morning about how the financial accounts are delayed. They, would, they, would del they were published in November last year um, and the year before that in December. We're in nearly the end of January. They haven't been published and the club have told me they're not published until the end of February. One of the reasons is that is there's going to be a lot of reveals, a lot of secrets revealed. How much did they sell the bowling ground for? How much have they paid to spend on the West Ham vacation? How much have they paid off of the bank debts? How much have they paid, um, well, all kinds of, how much bonus have they paid to Karen Brady? How much have they paid Karen Brady? All of this is in the accounts. As I say, published them in November last year. They're not publishing the very last day they have to, which is the 28th of, of February. And I won't say more than that. Well, what does that suggest? Well, it suggests they're, they're, they're trying to de delay the bad news. But, but um, what's his name? Um, uh, Jack Sullivan, when he was talking a lot, did say that we've made a £5 million loss. And paid Who did he say that to? He said it on Twitter openly. It's great, isn't it, when you find out about the financial state of your company from a child? Yeah. But he, to be fair, since he's done his work experience, he's been a lot quieter, a lot more professional. This was his pre-work experience. Well, I had it with someone again today on Twitter when they were saying about how we, you know, people will see where the money's gone and whatever and whatever. And I said, look, we're still in £100 million worth of debt. And the majority of that debt is shareholder loans to, the, to Sullivan and Gold. So everyone who says we're debt, we're in better financial state, we're still carrying that debt. It's just that they have got the debt owed to themselves, and they're being paid. That debt is being accrued annually at a seven percent interest rate. Is that correct, yeah. Sean? Yeah, yeah. You asked me this question, and we, uh, we I won't asked, go through the thing. But yeah, but I asked you because he come back and said no, that we uh, we've only got twenty five million pounds worth of debt. So I said to you, is this true, Sean? Because yeah, I I thought it was a hundred mil, and you just bamboozled me with a load of nonsense for an hour or so and then just said yeah it's 90 odd million pound in debt 95 million by the way 62 million of shareholder loans including interest 23 million pound to owe to other clubs for transfers and I estimate another 10 million pound borrowed externally against the value of the training ground like Chadwell Heath, Rush Green and Little Heath. So everyone who keeps talking about how financially whatever on there we, we are Please bear in mind that it's just debt, debt, debt. It's personal debt, most of it to them, but it's not for free, and it's accruing year in, year out, that debt, and it's been... But they never get paid it at the moment, John. They'll probably only get paid if they sell the club. The other bit, on the good news is, though, I'm revealed, and it's not, I say revealed, it was a question asked to me, um, if we finish in seventh this year, we will get £128 million TV income if we finish in 10th, it's like 122. You get £2 million for every place you move up. You get £1 million for every game that's shown on TV. 
and everybody in the Premier League gets 85 million equal share this year. You could consider we only got £86 million for the whole year finishing seventh last year. The person who comes last this year gets £97 million. So we only got £86 million, you said, last year. Yeah. We only got... But we're going to get £122, £128 this year. Isn't it? Whoever wins... Here, here's a funny fact. Whoever wins this year will get £150 million. Leicester got £93 million for finishing first, right? However, Arsenal got £100 point eight million pound for finishing second because they had twenty eight games uh, twenty seven games on the telly games showed on yeah. the telly and Leicester only had fifteen like West Ham. 15. So, so Sean back to our seven year anniversary owners. Yeah. When they took over, what was our debt? Uh, about hundred and twenty million. And their debt now is is in well, total. Well it depends. We said this earlier. When you look at the external debt. Well uh, let's accumulate the whole debt, the shareholders debt, external debt, every kind of debt the club is in line to it's about approximately million. about 95 million yeah so they've managed to pay down they've paid a lot of debt off there's no doubt about it so do you think even though last year we got 86 mil I suppose they've got to run everything but but now it's going to change over the next two years with the extra money I see them changing a lot of that well do you think they pay everything down or well we'll see whether they pay themselves back Anyway, we probably want to move on because we're on 54 minutes. Shall we uh, do this? Facebook, Twitter, question time. So, John. <coughs> cough, cough. Oh, dear. Have we got any messages? I've got a few, mate. Yeah, we've got a few. Shall I just go through them? Yes, please. Okay, so Palumi Ogunlana. Why isn't Oxford getting playing time? Seems as though WHU need to get another midfielder and defensive player on loan for the rest of the season. Andy Carroll's the people's champ. Is Arbeloa still around? Is Arbeloa still around? Was that true, that story of him being in the Carpenter's arm? Yeah, it is, I think. I saw a picture. It looked like him. Um... Arbeloa, I don't think he's going to play again for us. Um, but I don't think we've released him yet. No. Um, Oxford's only just come back from injury. I he mean, has, yeah. Literally. So a bit unfair. I can't... I, I, I would be surprised if he's not on, on the bench. Um, being built up, but... We'll I don't, see. I, I don't see where, where he gets his chance. I think, you know, we'll see. Okay, well, Darren Kitchen... Hope George is settled into his new abode and taking steer of the good ship more than just a podcast. We've missed his technical nous and agenda handling. We have, without doubt. No offence, Sean, John. Well, what? What? Well, Sean, Sean's the, the technical guy at the moment and I'm yeah. trying to handle and steer, but it's not, not as good. Yeah. That aside, the atmosphere at the Palace game was brilliant. Hopefully puts pay to issues about the ground. Teams seem to be revitalised, but there's still a long way to go. Whatever happened with Dimmy, he can't refuse to play, so he sadly burned all bridges. Guess this is why he's always skirted around the top clubs. Can't be a top player unless you have a top attitude. Still badly need a striker. Just that January is an awful time to buy. Keep up the good work, chaps. Thank you very much. Thank you. Except, except the uh, no offence, John. We did take offence, didn't we? I didn't take offence. All right, Darren, we didn't. 
Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try this with Sergey Norvish, I, I guess. Well done. Greetings from Belarus. Hello, Belarus. Hello, Belarus. My first question statement is about Pyatt's situation. It is fair to blame only him for our troubles. I mean, even playing with foot off the gas, possibly, he still created more chances in the league than anybody else. We've got to question players around him about their inability and willingness to play at full strength alongside him. It's very convenient to make Judas out of him but why are why all the other players been so poor during most of the season? Is Pyatt to blame for ridiculous back passes from the defence and dodgy goalkeeping or poor for transfer buys? I'm not playing devil's advocate. I really think he should go, but he's just one of the reasons why we struggled. So look, we built Billage built I a team agree around with what him. What you're saying, you know, it Billage wasn't just him. Yeah, of course, but Billage built a team around him. Who cares? If it's galvanised the team together, who cares if he's a scapegoat? I don't. As long as it's fixed, I don't care what the problem was. And I'm happy to use the f the fat frog as as the excuse. Well, uh, Andrew Quinn, welcome back, Sean and John from New Zealand Hammers. You you missed the another question about Obama, though, from Sergi. Uh, yep. Sergei Nurovich again. Another question is about Ogbonna and his injury. When did he pick it up? For how long was he been playing on painkillers? I mean, the guy deserves credit for his loyalty and grit, that's for sure. But that raises another question. How thin is our bench? And we have to field unfit players and risk their sporting career, by the way. That's true, though. Wasn't yep. that obvious before the start of the season that having only three centre-backs, one of them is good old Ginge? Is not enough, not even to mention the right back or striker positions yet. Yeah, no, we, it's we, we hard agree. to say. He's been transfer window. I've been is told awful. he's been playing with painkiller injections all season, um, and they didn't want it to get out. Um, Ginge has played some games, but he's also been injured. He did. He did play well the other day, though, Ginge. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, next, next, Andrew Quinn. Back to you, Andrew. Welcome back, Sean and John from New Zealand Hammers. It's been an up-and-down season, but it looks like we're getting some endurance by not conceding in the last five minutes and also going on into going on to win with late goals. Do you think we've now got back the mental toughness that's been missing? I think we've got our team back. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how much that is to do with the Pirate situation, but we seem to have... Everything seems to, like saying, with the atmosphere and everything, they sort yeah. of seem to galvanise... I'm not I'm not gonna look too deep under the cover. I'm just gonna enjoy it while this galvanization of fans and players continues. Good. Right, Tim Sharman, did Lady Brady mention the emergency gas repair and when will it be fixed? She Seems did like the walkway has been shut for a very long time. She did mention it actually. It's one of the first things she mentioned at the meeting. She laughed and she said I've been told that people on Twitter believe it's a conspiracy and I made it up that I was lying about the gasworks. And she laughed. She went, why would I lie about the gasworks? So she feels very strongly it's not made up. It is real gasworks. It's not a conspiracy. Um, there is no ulterior motive. And she doesn't make up lies about gasworks. They wouldn't lie, would they? They wouldn't lie about gasworks. They wouldn't lie. They wouldn't lie about gasworks. They wouldn't lie about anything. They wouldn't lie about gasworks. Lee P. 
peevers. Where's the logic in selling a 27-year-old Tomkins for 10 mil and then buying a 33-year-old Fonty for eight? Um, they didn't fancy Tomkins. Village, I'm told Village didn't fancy Tomkins. I could tell you other things about Tomkins, which I won't, because I think they'd be slightly unfair. Right, but I will okay. off there. I will tell you off there. Well, I mean, I, there's, there, there's obviously some logic to it there. Then, <laughs> but yeah. I, I kind of agree essentially with what you're saying. Uh, Lewis Aaron Trout, a lot's happened since you guys were last in the studio. Welcome back. After all I've said about Slav, how wrong was I? It seems that Pyatt has caused all the unrest, not Slav. Ponte is a great signing. Let's hope this continues, although I'm guessing not a right back. Don't think Hogan is the answer, but happy to be proved wrong. The next Dean Ashton, maybe. I don't know. Don't know. I think Dean Ashton was a bit more proven. I don't don't know anything about him, so I can't really tell. Douglas Woodhurst, were you, were you guys invited to the Lady Brady loving? What are your thoughts about what was discussed? Well, we wasn't invited. Yes, you were. I wasn't. I invited. I said, "Do you want to go?" No, it was. It was already all sorted before you even suggested. I did. Anyone? Did I? Did I try and invite you? You went. You went in the guise of your Claret and Hugh. I was carrying whatever. Do you know what? I was carrying banners for West Ham till I die, Claret and Hugh, and were they not? Was was Ian Dale not there? Ian Dale was not there. No. Sj Santos was there, but I. I was. You know, West Ham family, John. Look, look, the important is not who was there. By the way, we got a nice little um, tour of the stadium before the meeting. No one has mentioned that, by the way. But um, I think, we, I think we it makes it all we were, nice and sweet, We were it? taken to the dressing you're, rooms. You're lot so special. Yeah, we take, I wasn't there for this, but they were taken to the dressing rooms and then we were taken out in the press rooms. We were taken out to the pitch. And as we were out on the pitch and those lights were out there doing the grass, out what? walks and I, I, I kid you not and he came in late ex West Ham employee and he walks in and in a pinstripe suit like the Godfather if there'd been music with the Godfather and then walks and he goes hi I'm ex West Ham employee and like you sleep with the fishes and that that was his big reveal oh great yeah you haven't helped your cause there no. by any of that <laughs> you're in it's just uh, anyway. Kinds of wrong. Let's move on because we're we're we we're, we're well over an hour now. Yeah. Um, predictions. We've actually got Mass City at home. I put is I'll do it because George would have done it. Mass City, Man City at home on the first of Feb, next Wednesday, which I know you're not going because you're washing your hair. And Southampton away on the fourth I'm not going because I'm not going to a midweek game at that place because I don't want to be yeah. kept behind midweek. I want to get home. Yeah. I go. Well, I'm I'm going. George is going. Then Southampton away. So let's start with Man City, John. Man City, we will lose 2-0. I say we will draw. Because I don't want to ever... 1-1. Because I don't want to say we're going to lose. Uh, Southampton away. Southampton away. That's going to be an interesting game. Now we've got their captain. Yeah. That Van Dyke's just got injured as well, hasn't he? Yeah. I've, I've, do you know what? We've, we've, we're above them in the league. I think we could do them over. Yeah. Let's say we're going to do them over. Let's go for a 1-0. I'm going for a, a, a repeat of Middlesbrough. I'm going to go for... No, I'm not going to go 3-1. I'll go 2-1 win to West Ham away at the, the Dell. Sorry, the St Mary's. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
I think that's about it. Um, we don't have anything else to say. We've been talking for one and a, one hour and five minutes. That's enough of our voices, isn't it? It's enough of, so, us, of me moaning. Yeah, so it's goodbye from me, Sean. And it's goodbye from him. Happy me. Yeah. Moaning. So all we've got to say is... Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.